All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us. 110th episode here, Nothing Is Obi South Texas Golf Podcast. I am going to have some characters on the show for y'all tonight. Right, I got Alonzo, I got Ralph, I got Ray, and Ernie popping in over here for the PAGA board. All right, for those of y'all that don't know, that is Pan American Golf Association. There's some great guys, a great organization. Uh, they get after each other here a bit, man. They make it really fun and interesting. I had to record it because right now, currently going on here in San Antonio, Texas, beautiful San Antonio, Texas, they have their national golf tournament going on right now. There's about over 500 golfers here spread out through, I think, anywhere from six to eight different courses here in San Antonio. That's one of the reasons why I started this golf podcast here in San Antonio is because we have so much good golf, and I don't think anybody knows how much good golf we have out here, right? Before I kick things off here, I got a word from our sponsors right here. Four Bros Tour, please check us out on Facebook and Unknown Golf. Four Bros Golf Tour, never golf alone again. We have all different types of games. We got net, we got gross, keen of the par threes, Never golf alone again. If you don't have a home, Four Bros Tour has a home for you. We got a great schedule coming out here. And just added on today, beautiful course, slightly, i say about maybe about 30 minutes outside of San Antonio, San Marcos Kissing Tree. The beautiful kissing tree has been added onto our schedule. Great job by our board, particularly Jeremiah Sierra for adding this great course onto our schedule. Four Bros Tour, never golf alone again. All right. And also right here. I got a word from one of our friends and new bronze sponsor right here. El Cameo is hosting its first annual El Cameo Golf Classic on November 11th at the beautiful Almost Basin course here in San Antonio. That's right. One of our own Alamo City golf trail courses here. It's a two-man scramble, which is including your green fee, cart fee, two drinks of your choice, lunch meal, and a gift card to the pro shop, and coupons to Edwin Watts. There's a long drive contest we'll receive a new tailor-made stealth driver. Also, there will be two closest to the pin challenges for a Scotty Cameron and an Oana's Golf Safe, as well as a hole-in-one challenge sponsored by the PGA Superstore for a chance to win $1,000 shopping spree to their store. Reach out for more details on via Instagram at El Cameo Ranch. That's El Cameo Ranch. You can call or text at 361-815-2303. And also, it will be included in the show notes. Make sure you enter. Teams are filling up fast, so reserve your spot now. And also, I'd like to thank my good friends out at Bad Golf. All right, at Bad Golf. I'd like to thank Luis and Michelle. Man, they got some, look, even my even my fat butt looks great. All right, they got some great polos out there. Make sure you hit up Bad Golf Apparel Company. All right, now right here, I'm going to go ahead and put it on. Right here, if you enter at, at the cart at a badgolfbrand.com, use 4Bros code to get 20% off your order. They got some great hats, quality polos, some great stuff. I'm looking forward to this relationship with them. Some great people out there at badgolfbrand.com. All right. Now, to get into our friends here, uh, this has been recorded, like I said, because it is there is the national tournament going on here for the national PAGA tournament here. So let's go ahead and get into our interview with our friends out at uh, the Hilton Hotel here in San Antonio, Texas. All right, guys. Welcome to Nothing is OB South Texas Golf Podcast, episode number 110. Now, today I got some great guys with me, or some might say great guys. Some might say some, some scumbags out here in the golf game. I got Alonzo Reyes, national tour director, national tournament director, 
right there in the middle, I got Ralph Nunez. I got national vice president. And I got Ray Aguillon here, the national president for PAGA Pan American Golf Association. Hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us on. All right, guys, let's get let's get right into it. All right. You know what? Uh, this is a big podcast here in, in, in San Antonio, South Texas. Now, what for those is for those people that don't know out there, what is PAGA? Like, what is PAGA? Tell us just a little bit about what it stands for and where it all started. Yeah. So um, I'm going to take you back a little bit here. Uh, Pan American Golf Association is, is what PAGA stands for uh, in terms of the meaning of the word, the letters. Uh, but more importantly, uh, Baga actually started here in San Antonio um, by a group of, uh, of golfers in 1938 originally. Uh, they went by the name of the four golfers. Uh, and at that time, they were created to um, give individuals in San Antonio at the time, which were primarily Mexicanos that were looking to try to play golf, uh, that couldn't play golf during the week on a golf course uh, because they weren't welcome, number one. Uh, they band together in 1938 and bought tee times and were able to uh, to play golf um, just like everyone else at that time. And they were they were buying these tee times on Sundays, getting in, bringing 100 plus golfers. Uh, so in 1938, um, they gave themselves an opportunity to uh, to play golf, which they didn't have um, by banding together. They were able to do that. Um, and so, you know, from 38 to 45, these guys were flourishing. 100 plus members, um, but the war hit in 45. So most of the most of them were drafted, younger guys, um, drafted off to the war. So in 45, disbanded uh, and came back in 47 uh, under the name of the Pan American Golf Association. So familiar at that time, uh, there was a lot of the uh, uh, just a lot of word usage. Uh, Pan Am was popular, uh, signifying something meaning, I guess, international. Pan American, Central American, you know, just just south of where we're at, I guess, more importantly. Um, and um, so that brought about the Pan American Golf Association. And, and again, primarily under the same premise of, of giving us the opportunity to play together as a group. Uh, most of these guys that were playing together were caddies, so they couldn't really play golf at any other time. They didn't have an opportunity to play golf on these golf courses that they were caddying. So uh, by getting together and, and, and uh, buying tee times as a group, uh, they were able to do this, and, and they were able to flourish again after 47. Uh, so we've been around since 47, um, and um, in 57, actually, they started a um, kind of a state tournament competition. Um, and from 57 to 58, it turned into more of a formal, uh, setting and more of a formal tournament. Um, and then we went, uh, national, what year do we go national guys? I, I can't actually remember. Was it 56? I mean, I'm sorry. Was it, uh, 66 or 67? No, 60, 61. I'm wrong. It's going to be 61 or 62. I saw it at the clubhouse Sunday when we were up there. Uh, on, on the uh, archive building we have now, now right now, right here I got I, I got uh, Alonzo Reyes uh, out of uh, the New Bronzeville's uh, Paga chapter right here, and I also got Ralph as well. Now, guys, tell me how how does it what does it take to to be like your own chapter? Now I know uh, Reyes out of out of San Antonio, and I know y'all are out of New Bronzeville's. What does it take to kind of have your own Paga, have your own chapter. When you probably started back in the, in the 50s or 60s, right, Ralph? Um, you can remember? As far as I can go back, New Braunfels started, uh, was active in 1958. Yeah, 58, 
so uh, what happened between 58 and, uh, you know, and the 70s, uh, I really don't know. But uh, I know they were active also in the 70s, and uh, they ceased to exist in 76. And um, like I had talked to you earlier, um, I was a member of Paga of San Marcos playing with them. And, and I played with them for like about four years, five years. And in 98, uh, just got a, got, you know some guys together. We went to Lubbock, and uh, we got reinstated in uh, Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Yes, sir. <laughs> Lubbock, Texas. Get a robot. Yes, sir. And uh, we've been going ever since. Uh, you know, we it's a small little town, but uh, over the years we've grown to uh, a good size membership. Um, really exciting group. Um, got a, a lot of young. Got a lot of youth, which is really nice to have. Um, I ran the club for a while, and then that, once I started getting involved at the national level, Alonso Reyes took over, and it was, uh, you know, he just continued on with what we already had in place, and uh, it's been a sweet little ride for us. And Andy, good part of it too. I've played with a lot of y'all's guys. That's why I say, you know, it. I lump myself into that kind of. When I say scumbag, I don't mean it derogatory. I mean it as a like a term of endearment, right? A term of endearment. And and the thing is, is that a lot of times, you know, people don't understand the paga. People think of it or as you know, a clubhouse by Brack, by old Brack, right? A lot of times, people don't know that there's other chapters in. And it's funny though because every town or every city has like their own makeup of characters. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I've seen, I've seen the new Bronzeville's guys. I've seen the San Antonio guys. I've seen the uh, San Marcos guys. And I've seen the, what is it? A uh, Seguin guys. And, and I'm just like, every chapter kind of takes its own, like have gives their own vibes, gives their own like shapes and sizes. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Right now I think we're at 35 chapters. Uh, we got one in California. We got one in New Mexico, in Chicago, Kansas city, Oklahoma. Uh, and then Texas, all over Texas. There's there's chapters all over Texas. Now we're out here at the Hilton. We're here in San Antonio, Texas. And what's going on right now is the big y'all's big national tournament, right? Now I know there's like it takes like a, a immense and crazy like organization and being on the same being on the same page. Now, guys, if you can kind of just speak on it, like what does it take or what are some of the things or some of the BS and some of the crap you gotta go through just to make this happen? I know this is like a lot of it's it's a year's really worth of planning. Actually, the planning starts uh, no less than 18 months out. Um, you know, and, and importantly, it, it takes commitment for from the local chapter uh, to rally the troops, get people behind them, um, and and really recruit some of the guys that are experienced to to help lead that 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 through the process with some new ideas. Um, you know, we uh, you know we've been doing it for so long now that it, it seems like almost on cruise control as long as you have the support. Um, the difference is though, you know, like I said, kind of rallying the troops, getting people behind you. Um, and then from there, putting it out there and, and seeing what kind of response you get from, from the other chapters. Uh, you still want to make it enticing. You want to, you want to show something different. You want to talk about the golf courses. You want to put a great level of play out there. Uh, we pride ourselves on, on the, uh, the level of, I guess you, you could say, uh, structure with, with regard to our flights and, 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 and the competitiveness of our, of our golf tournaments. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a deal where, uh, before, um, we were purely a gross tournament. Um, now we're playing uh, gross and net. So we've incorporated that into it and made it a little bit more competitive as well for those individuals. Um, 
you know, to incorporate their handicaps into it as well. So undertaking, like I said before, um, you know, the process starts, uh, like I said, at, at least 18 months out and, and, and in some cases more um, going out and, and securing a bill, you know, a hotel like this one, for instance, getting your headquarters, getting your golf courses, um, you know, getting your convention facilities. Because, you know, in some cases, if you're having six, seven hundred golfers, um, you, you want to really think of it as a doubling of that when you go to a convention center and, and need seating for a thousand to fourteen hundred people. You know, so it really is a big undertaking from that respect. Um, so everyone that has really put on a, a, a national tournament uh, has really had to be committed to do it, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, our job though, is to make sure that, that, uh, we steer it in the right direction, that we follow the bylaws, that we make it consistent across the board, uh, with regard to, to tournament play, um, that, that we stay true and committed to what we've structured as far as our bylaws are, uh, stand. And, um, you know, that creates that, that fair play for everybody, I think. Um, so, Sometimes it's tough because you get pushback, you get questions. Why do we do it this way? Um, you know, number one, our bylaws, tradition, things of that nature. But there are times where we we don't just you know we don't agree with 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 how some of the things are laying out based upon the numbers, based upon uh, the people that we have out there. Uh, but we have to stay true and consistent, and committed. So I got you. Now, 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 Ralph. In that regards, what what do you, what what have you seen as maybe big been some of the big hurdles you have in some of these meetings and some of the complications or things that you know you have to work out logistically that maybe uh, you've had in the past that has been like maybe some some things you go back to the table where you're like, hey, these are deal breakers or this is something that maybe you could just get through or hey, can you talk to your buddy? Can you talk to your boy? You know, something to where you can jump over that that loop for the group. Well, uh, uh, the organization being organized is, has to be the, probably the most important thing because there's so many things going on from, um, like Ray mentioned, from the hotel, from the juniors, from um, taking care of the, the guests, um, lining up uh, activities, so forth, and uh, making sure that, you, that the people are there uh, to support this and, and uh, guide the uh, guests around and welcome them around. Um, that has always been a big problem, being able to have enough people to actually manage a convention because it takes a lot of people. It's a lot of manpower. Uh, and putting that aside, the biggest hurdle is, is the national convention tournament itself, the tournament. It takes a tremendous amount of work. Uh, I've been there. I've been a national tournament director. Alonso now our national tournament director, uh, and he can speak for it in a minute, but that has to be Probably the biggest uh, hurdle that we have is organizing it, um, putting it together, and uh, making sure that it runs smoothly because there's deadlines that we need to meet daily on Thursday and Friday because we have uh, activities in the evening. So we need to expedite the scoring between the golf course, the war room, and getting the information out. And I'll let Alonso expand that a little bit here. Now, I like to hear that, that you hear that the war room. So that means that, like, I guess it's it's a battle going on amongst yourselves. But ultimately, it's for the greater good of, of the organization, of the people and, and tournament. I mean, you, I mean, being the tournament director, Alonzo, I mean, y'all guys still want to play, too, right? I mean, y'all y'all still want to yeah. play and compete. And I think that makes it tough, you know, being on, on a side where, you know, uh, I'm a board member for my organization. And one day I played, one day I didn't play, I chose not to play, and – 
it was great. It was freeing. Yeah. I was able to do a lot of things. And then a lot of times when I'm on that scoring side or when I have a certain duty, like my mind is is elsewhere. So I, I give y'all props yeah. having to do all this stuff and still play and try to win those side games and those side bets. Alonzo. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But, uh, like for me, I can't play because there's too many golfers. I think this year we got over 550 golfers, I think, uh, throughout the courses. There's uh, six courses. But it's a lot of work. There's a lot of, like he said, headbutting, you know, getting, you got people complaining about this and that. So we got to take, take care of all your, your golfers, you know. We're all a family. So it, it's important that we make sure that we take care of them. When they come out here, you know, they spend the money to come out here, they have a good time, and we got to make sure we take care of them. But the guys that, that San Antonio has their own committee during the tournament, and they do a good job too. So it's just a lot of work all, all the way around. Now, guys, what are some of the courses that are that are part of your national tournament? Oh, this year we have the Quarry, Brack, uh, Canyon Springs, uh, Mission the Lago, and the, the Golf Club of Texas in almost – and y'all so got a, a y'all got a little bit of everything here that San Antonio has to offer. <clears throat> I mean, you got far northwest, you got Golf Club of Texas, yeah. You got almost right here, almost deep, deep in the heart, you know, deep in the heart, you know, close to Broadway and you know, here in central San Antonio. Uh, you have you said Corey, right? I mean, man, y'all are all over the place. So I think oh, that's yeah. one thing that is always great because I noticed looking back that y'all have San Antonio is a predominant place where y'all host these national tournaments. Absolutely. And I think Houston. Right. Is Houston one of your yeah, other? Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and cool. so I, I see that, you know, that that's the reason why I started this. One of the reasons why is that there's so much great golf here in uh, town. Coming coming home to San Antonio, it's nothing like it. Uh, in 2013, Ray, when and Ray was president at, of the local chapter here in San Antonio, we had a thousand golfers. Double what we have now. It was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a huge undertaking. And, and that was customary. I mean, a thousand golfers was what we were getting. Um, 2004, we had about 1,100 golfers in as well. Um, just so happens that, you know, after COVID, it seems like it's a bit more difficult getting, getting the traction again. Um, you know, last year we had a, a lesser amount than we do this year, uh, but we're building that number back up and we're getting people back out. And we're, you know, I think we're confident that next year in Fort Worth, we'll see the same kind of numbers out there as well. So huge undertaking in 2013 and, uh, you know, when you think about it, you know, it's almost double what we're doing this year. But uh, it, it seems to be just as much a work as it was then, you know. So, yeah, the mention 2013, that was my first ever national tournament. And, of course, you know, I had to I had to win a ring. You know, I don't want to brag about it, but it was 2013. Uh, I was oh, there you go. I, I'm sorry, guys. I created a monster because I'm the one who got going and playing with us. Uh, but uh, at, at 2013, 2013, I was a national tournament director and working with San Antonio, but that was his first national tournament, and he played it, and he won uh, the his his flight, and then he also won the uh, senior flight. Senior flight. So I went home with two rings, yeah. and and that was the last time I did. I ain't been back since then. Not even close. And to by the way, game. he never misses an opportunity to tell us that he won a championship <laughs> ring. No, it, it's it's uh, you know what, and it. I'm really proud of our board. Ray has done an excellent job. Alonso has done an excellent job. RG is sitting back here. You know, all the board members get together, and we, we help San Antonio. We host, we help the whole city. But uh, I'm extremely proud of this board. Putting this event together this year has done a, a tremendous job, very tremendous job. Now, now I think I think a lot of times, you know, what uh, certain organizations 
sometimes get a bad rap. Like I'm gonna just gonna I'm just gonna tell you, like being from Corpus Christi, being from Corpus, uh, you have our Paga chapter, their clubhouse is right across the street from Gabe Lozano. I think right there, the uh 13, 14, 12, if I'm not mistaken. And one thing my dad always kind of instilled in me. Oh, Paga. I'm like, dad, what are the, what, what do those letters mean? Uh, Pan American golf association. Well, uh, Paga, you don't want to play with those guys. And I'm like, well, why, why would I want to play with those guys? They're a bunch of sandbaggers. And, and I mean, I mean, I'm like eight or nine years old and I have no idea. Okay. Whatever. All right. I don't know what a sandbagger is, you know, at that age. And it just the tone that my dad told me. And I said, you know what? Years later, I mean, this is like 30, 35 years later, my dad still says the same thing. And you, so, realize, so, and you realize, yeah, no, no, I say, I say the same thing too. I'm like a bunch of sandbaggers and now I know what that means. So kind of how, do, how are you able to kind of, I mean, and, and as I've played golf over these 20 something years, you know, at every group kind of has their, their issues, right? Every group has their issues. You see like a, a 20 handicap, you know, shoot in the seventies and you know what they do the odds, you know, they do the, the odds out there in golf digest. And it's like, it's only supposed to happen every like 1200 or 12,000 rounds, something like that nature. And so how are you able to kind of defeat and kind of work on that stigma that sometimes like an old viejo, like my dad, who's never played Paga, maybe played with a couple of members back in his day, had a bad taste. How are you able to kind of, you know, kind of get over those, those stigmas? You know, uh... Remember, this is being recorded, okay? Yeah, and you're, you're gonna you're gonna have that anywhere you play with anyone you play with, obviously. Uh, one of the things that we've done to help, uh, I think, overcome some of those stereotypes, I guess you can say, uh, we created our own handicap system. Uh, it's called Starter Shack. One of our members in San Antonio uh, is a, uh, I, I guess a. What is it? An architect. Uh, a, yeah, he calls himself a what's a, what was the term that he used? Anyway, so he created our starter shack, our, our handicap system. Statistician, maybe you know, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, he helped us create this this program that's specifically for our golf organization, and we use it specifically for our tournament play. Um, you know, a lot of people go out and play during the week, kick the ball around, do what they're going to do. We don't do that. We play it down. We play it true. Um, we're, we're definitely committed to, to the game. Um, you know, you're going to have some guys that come through and, and uh, will shoot lights out, even, even, you know, with the handicap that they might have. Um, but the fact of the matter is we, we definitely have done all that we can to track our, our handicap as, as truest as possible um, and make it as competitive as possible. Uh, that stereotype, I think, yeah, we've heard it through the years, um, but – I don't think I hear that much more at all anymore. I mean, in, in quite honest, um, you know, I, I think it's become less and less. And, and the reason might be is, is just simply because our handicap really is more of a true handicap. Um, you know, we've been through, uh, you know, a few different services and systems uh, that we used. Uh, we used Minimax years ago for almost the entirety of our organizational life. Uh, then we had to switch to uh, uh, what was it? Handicomp, uh, and at about that time, that's when USGA was was requiring everybody to move to a uh, to a program that they uh, obviously were backing, so to say, and and uh, that was going to cost us just an astronomical amount of money based upon what they were requiring out of us. So it was going to be easier to somebody just go get their own gin. Or we create our own system. So we create our own system. And uh, here we are today, and I think we track everybody's handicap pretty pretty well. Now, now, what, one, of the, one of the things is, is that 
what what is the ultimate goal of the Pan American Golf Association? How and maybe how is that kind of that ideology that I guess you said like four friends or or, or four people had started, four brothers had started way way back when in the day. How has that ideology changed to this day in 2023? I think well, first of all, it wasn't four guys or four golfers. It was the the word four. So when you're on the golf course, they, they knew they were playing. <laughs> they knew they were on the golf course together because they were they were yelling yeah. for at each other because the balls were coming all around them, right? So, so, so the fact is, you know, I mean, uh, the four golfers were created um, to, to give us an opportunity to play uh, structured golf, you know, an, an amateur. Uh, and, 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 and it's grown since then to one of the largest amateur golf organizations in the country, um, you know, by, by doing that and what it's done for us, uh, the platform it's given us to, to, to play organized golf uh, has also helped us create ancillary things that we're committed to, such as raising money for scholarships, um, creating a junior program so that we can farm raise our kids through the program and, 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 uh, and, and be the lifeblood to our organization later on. Um, so that, that's another thing. Uh, so we're truly committed to – to the game of golf and everything it means and what it's taught us for so many of us, we've been playing all of our life. I've been playing since I was four years old. Um, you know, my, my dad being a legend here in San Antonio, um, you know, it, it was just part of what we did on a daily basis and everything revolved around golf. So when you think about what the Pan American has done, um, it, it kind of piggybacks off that same philosophy of creating organized golf and giving us a platform to do it. Uh, and be competitive with it. So now, now, I don't want to make this the Aguillon show, but how hard is it to kind of have to step in in, in those foot in those footprints? Well, never gonna never gonna feel the footprints of my father's game, right? So, and, and I'm not even I'm not even gonna go there with regard to the game itself. Yeah. Uh, but but what I've done and what I've been committed to is is creating a a better platform by which this organization is, is based off of. Uh, my commitment to the, the game of golf is, is more so, um, you know, the growth of our organization and being the best that we can be. Um, I'm not a single-digit handicapper, um, but you don't have to be in this organization. It gives us all an opportunity at any level handicap to come out and play. I still whip Alonzo all the time. I mean, that's not a problem. Uh, but, but, but quite, but quite frankly, uh, you know, never going to fill my dad's shoes. My dad's a, the only five-time champion in this organization, um, and my uncle John, who'll be hitting the honorary tee, tee shot on Thursday at Brackenridge, um, ninety-three years old. Uh, he is the first ever champion of the Pan American Golf Association. Wow! Yeah, so that, a lot that, of a lot of fill, shoes to fill that I. I definitely will never feel. <laughs> one of my other uncles, God rest his soul, uh, Andy Aguillon, uh, is also one of the national champion. And uh, he beat my other uncle, Jimmy, in a playoff in Dallas for his national championship. So, again, never going to fill the shoes. But what I do is, is, is stay committed to this organization and help grow it and be a platform for, for all of us to play and compete and and enjoy the game of golf. Like my uncle told me one day, it's not about all these other X's and O's. It's about us coming out here and having a hell of a good time. So now go for it, Ralph. You go for it. <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, he did beat me last week. 
That's the first time in four months. And the week before, and the week before that. Well, well that's good though, because you know what? A lot of times I'm only seeing I'm only seeing the good pictures on Alonzo's Facebook. All right, that that he's taking people's money and he's flashing money around, and maybe it's his own money. I don't know. Well, so, like he's a tournament director, so he's collecting that cash. Oh, okay. He's, he's not. not it's not even winning. his. Cash. Uh, no. He's not actually winning. The collect from him. And the other guys, Ernie, Manuel Landine, all those guys, they're used to it every week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I even got out of it one time by the IRS. I was making too much money. So, no, that's all it is. This is part of the Pan Am that happens, okay? Well, well, well see, this is, a, this, this, is stuff, this, is stuff, this is the stuff we like. Now, can, can you share maybe like one of, uh, your, the, one of your best stories or best memories that you've had from being part of the Pan American Golf Association? Ralph? Gosh, I think. Uh, Come on in, squeeze in. The uh, Bernie's our national secretary. National secretary. What's up, Bernie? How you doing? How you doing, Bernie? Andy nice, nice to meet you, brother. I think uh, the most memorable story that I can think of is when we actually got reinstated in Lubbock. Um, we had been trying to get into Pan Am, and back in the day, there was actually a two-year probation period before you could actually join the Pan American. You had to sit out two years, and. Um, um, I was trying to get our club back in, and at the time, Mr. Ray Falcon, who, by the way, will be inducted into the MPHA Hall of Fame this at this uh, convention, he was the president. And at the time, he was uh, coming into the into the meeting room, and he had his his surrounding guys were around him, and I just so happened to stop him and tell Mr. Falcon, "Don't forget, don't forget, you know, I'm Ralph Nines, and we want to get new brothels in. You know, I want to get new brothels in." He turned around and told me flat out, he goes, son, you're not getting in today. You're not getting in next year. And he turned around and walked into the meeting room. Damn. <laughs> Damn. So what, like, what, what did that do to you? What did that do to your yeah, psyche? Exactly. I felt like, good Lord. Anyway, and uh, well, when I, it was my turn to go up there and make a presentation. And I did my spiel. And uh, one of the delegates at the time was Andy Rivera. From Houston, who was our first national tournament, um, first national president. president, and he got up and he made a um, a, a comment. He goes, "If I may," he goes, uh, uh, "Wasn't you Brown was a previous chapter?" And uh, Arturo Moreno from Alice, Texas, was our national treasurer. He goes, "Yes, they were," and, uh, and then Arturo Moreno says, "And I believe they're in good standing." Andy Rivera quickly says, oh, well, dang. I make a motion that we make getting you brothels in today. Oh, Ray Falcon lost it. Oh, that, like, cha <laughs> that, cha that changed no, everything, no, no, man. No. That changes everything. It sure did. Called and an audible. And thanks to uh, Andy Rivera, as the, we left, uh, we had put us into new business, and uh, we got in that day. That was a pretty cool story, man. I'll never forget that. Now, now, it's, now it seems like, you know, with, with, with the storied history that y'all guys have, you know, it because – can you just tell us as here as we kind of get to the end of the show is that what being part, being a member of uh, the Pan American Golf Association means to you? Alonso, if you want to go first. Uh, it's, to me, it's huge. Uh, like we said, we, you know, go out there and help the community a lot. Every chapter has their own, their own thing going. And we in New Braunfels, we do it every year. We give out $4,000 in scholarships. Every year we pick out four students, local students, and we help them out. Uh, Christmas time, we try to do Toy for Tots. Thanksgiving, we do uh, dinner sometimes, you know. So we'll do whatever we can to help the community. And for me, that's a big thing. You know, it, it's I've always been big on helping people out or try to help people out. 
And, then, and that's what I like about Pan American. Have a lot of fun. Have a lot of friends. A lot of pigeons. And just, Oi! you know what I'm saying? And, but it's fun. And, and, it, and it means a lot to me. I really, I really enjoy it so much. Well, for me, uh, I'm new to the podcast here. I'm Ernie Torres. I'm from uh, Irving, Texas. Um, I guess you can see that I'm the youngest one here. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> not by much. Not by much. <laughs> but the thing I love about it is what, to piggyback off Alonzo just said, is giving back to the community. You know, that's one of the biggest things that I'm from North Texas, and that's what we try to do. And I, you know, I learned from these guys that have been around for a long time to give back to the community. And that's, that's the most rewarding thing that, that you can, that you can get. We're going to play golf regardless, but giving back to the community is just, just a plus, you know? So I love that part about it. I love talking to this man to my left, you know, I ran for the national secretary position because of Mr. Mr. Nanya is here, you know, many, many talks, you know, and uh, I finally decided to do it and it was, it's been great for me. So I love everything about it. It's amazing that it's been around since 1947. That's what's mind blowing, you know, a golf organization, Hispanic golf organization that's, that's been around that long. It's just awesome. But that's my, that's my take on it. <laughs> Go for it, Ralph. Um, this beloved game that we play has brought us together from all different cities, all different kinds of different states. It's uh, every time we come to this particular week, it's like a magic develops, and we have this paga magic that occurs. And the camaraderie we have amongst each other is is you know it's inseparable. We cannot even explain it. Uh, how much we look forward to seeing each other and spending time with each other. Um, one of the biggest things and prides that I have, and I think uh, with New Braunfels, uh, is seeing and like Alonzo, you know, develop and and he took over, uh, you know, New Braunfels. Um, being able to see Ernie, you know, as come in, come aboard as a national uh, secretary, national officer, and see how he's developed and been such an asset to our organization. I think uh, being able to see, you know, those other individuals have a chance to do their their part, have them become officers and have them grow the, the chapter. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. And like Ernie says, we're going to play golf no matter what. And that's why we're here. We love the sport. We love. And then you get these guys like, you know, going back and forth and, and doing their thing. It, it, it makes it fun. It's all it's a lot of fun. But uh yeah, uh, the Pan Am is dear to my heart. Uh, I love it, and um, and it's it's nice to see, you know, other individuals, you know, smart growing into it as well. Go for it, Ray. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna hear much of the same from me. I mean, the camaraderie, the competitiveness. I think, um, you know, that that builds just that relationship, the ties, the closeness that we all have. The guys come in. I mean, in San Antonio, we have our own clubhouse which we worked very hard to have and, and get and attain and retain and, and, uh, and be able to come after a round of golf and, and talk smack and, and, and be in your house. It's an incredible feeling. Um, you know, I tell people uh, in this organization that, that really have started up and, and, and seen it, said, you know, it's such a beautiful organization of family because 
when you come to a trip like this, for instance, and if you're traveling far uh, to go to a national tournament and say you're getting on a, a plane and you see somebody with, with that PAGA logo on them, because every chapter prides their their own logo, their own colors. They pride themselves on it. And when, when you see somebody and, and you're saying San Antonio is pretty sharp, just, yeah. just telling you. And, and you're far away. San Marcos too. You know? like, <laughs> and let's just say and you say you're in another city, you know no one, but you see that logo and you see those 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 letters, you've got a friend, man. You, you, you can immediately go up and you have something in common. You can go talk about what just anything. And, and it's a beautiful thing. Again, it's family. And that's what I love about this organization is, is you know, we walk in here and, uh, you know, we're, we're here to do a job. But we're here to have fun. We're here to enjoy ourselves. We're here to give back to the community, like these guys talked about. Um, and and you can't really um, not love that. I mean, that's just the pure love of the game and the love of uh, that we have for each other. Uh, the competitiveness of, of me beating Alonzo all the time, but but yet still being his friend. I mean, that you, that goes a long way, right? I mean, he's sure still here. He's still here. He's still here. He's still here. Right. I mean, his here. pockets are empty, but he's here. You know what I'm saying? He has no socks because he can't buy any, but you know, I mean, he's still here. So I, all, all I want, all I want to know is Alonzo, does, does Ray have your, does Ray, does Ray have your, uh, your Venmo at the top of his no, list. No, thanks to Ray, I got a good sponsor. I got some Murphy coming up. <laughs> so now when I go to the course, I just throw the seeds out. There you go. For the pigeons, right? For the pigeons. Now, now, guys, uh, thank you so much, guys, for being on today. I know uh, normally I don't normally I don't do the show live. Normally, well, this is it's, it's, it is live, but live recorded. It's going to air on Thursday. Now, guys, uh, I'm wishing y'all nothing but the best. Thank you for for letting us in. Y'all secret society, because you know what? A lot of times it's like, man, y'all are like a sorority. Y'all are like a secret sorority that a lot of people are afraid to ask. And you know what? You kind of let us in today. And I'm so thankful because, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know what? If you're not growing, you're dying. I want to say a big thanks to Ralph, to Ernie, to Ray, to Alonzo. Uh, they're currently going through right now and they're, they're the state tournament right now that or the national tournament here being held here in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, these guys let us in. Thank you, Ernie, for the sweet lid right here. Uh, the Paga of Irving chapter, my boy. Uh, Ernie thought it is great last name. Great last name. I like to thank several people here. I like to thank our four bros right here. Four bros. Golf tour. Never golf alone again. If you don't have a home, four bros has a home for you. All right. Please check us out on Unknown Golf and on Facebook right here. We got so many different types of games. Everybody has a game in here, and there's always a game for somebody here. Never golf alone again. Now, some of you right here are side texting me over here. Who is Four Bros for? It's for the guys that want to play golf. All right, you want to be here. You want to be on Facebook. We're not this. We're not just there just to talk about the game. You have to play. You have to play with us. All right. So please check out Four Bros Tour, and also make sure, guys, you give my man Noah. A shout out out here, right here, guys, and check them out. A South Texas ranch called El Cameo, all right, is hosting its first annual golf tournament out here, all right? Make sure you check them out. It's going to be held at November, held on November 11th at Almost Basin Golf Course here in San Antonio, Texas. It's a two-man scramble. What's included? Green fee, cart fee, two drinks of your choice, lunch meal, a gift card to the pro shop, and coupons to Edwin Watts. First and second place teams will receive a cash pot prize as well as other incentives. All right, guys, so make sure you reach out for more details on via Instagram at El Camel Ranch. That's El Camel Ranch. You can call or text 
361-815-2303 or also email at Ranch at yahoo.com. Teams are filling up quick, so reserve your spot now. Also, guys, make sure you check out my friends out at Bad Golf, all right? My friends out at Bad Golf, make sure you check them out. There are some good people out there, all right? It's the sweet polo I'm wearing right now, all right? Even make my fat butt look good. I wanted to say a special shout-out to Luis and Michelle. Thank you so much. Uh, we had a great round last weekend at Laredo Country Club. Thank you to my boy, head golf professional out there, Richie Rubio, for hosting us out there. It was a great time. Those greens, oh, no joke out there. They're slick. They're undulated. It is crazy. I had a great time. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. And yes, I know I'm well aware the notes in the podcast are not correct. I will make sure to change them. And guys, uh, hey, please make sure you continue to support the podcast. Uh, you want your you want your product. You want you, you want to be a part of the Nothing Is Ob Golf podcast team. Please make sure you hit me up. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, everything. Remember, guys, in the game of life, nothing is Ob.